When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ever wish that certain things would go a lot faster? For us here at Brummy Mummies, it's the kids getting their shoes on and out the door so we're not late for school. Or do you wish that some things were a bit more reliable? Like actually being handed the school note to say they need a costume ahead of the day it's due? Well, we can't control the speed of our kids. Luckily for us, Brummy Mummies Talk Talk's Future Fibre is now here in Birmingham. And with speeds up to a whopping 900 megabits per second, it's fast enough to handle anything you throw at it. And it's great talk talk value too. Future Fibre might not speed up the school run, but when it comes to downloading our podcast or making sure your work calls don't cut out in the holidays because your son's playing video games or your daughter's streaming TV, ultra-fast and ultra-reliable broadband using the latest technology is just what you need. To find out more, search Talk Talk Future Fibre subject to local availability. With rising fuel prices, many of us are thinking twice about using the car. But would you be brave enough to ditch your car completely, especially when you've got kids? That's what Ruth Cumming did, and she has four young children. She says that instead of feeling restricted, the family now feel liberated and enjoy working out how they can get from A to B by bike, on foot or via public transport. Welcome back to Brummy Mummies. My name is Zoe Chamberlain. I'm a journalist, author and mum. I launched Brummy Mummies as a community for families to help people to connect both online and in person. My goal is to share with you stories from the most inspiring mums and dads to help you find out how they juggle family life and everything that comes with it. Ruth says that she has saved around £1,500 on fuel and car running costs and that her family is fitter and healthy as a result of it. She has loads of great tips on going car-free. So let's get straight into chatting with Ruth now. So tell me, why did you decide to go car-free with four kids? I mean, you're braver than I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've we've been kind of what I would call car-light for a long time, since even before we had children. So it's not something that we just did overnight um you know we before we lived in Birmingham we lived in Cambridge and we did a lot of walking and cycling and we kind of decided living there that we didn't want to be dependent on the car for things in everyday life so things like work and shops and you know all the stuff that you just do in like everyday life so um we still had a car there we used it to get out of town um because you know in town was fine but but getting out was harder um and when we moved to Birmingham which was about eight yeah eight years ago now uh nearly eight years ago um we wanted to try and kind of replicate that lifestyle really here so we 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 wanted to do walking and cycling as much as possible um and therefore we we chose our house based on sort of location to to work and shops and school and nursery and things like that um so it's kind of it's kind of planned over quite a long period of time really and basically the thing that made us actually say we don't need our car any anymore even for the out-of-town stuff and the sort of non-daily life stuff, um, 
was COVID. So our car sat unused for months on end, you know, uh, in lockdowns. And even when schools were back, obviously, we're still just walking to school. And, and that we'd we'd done a lot of a lot more cycling in lockdown and found new routes. The kids were getting older. And we bought a cargo bike. Um, we bought a tandem. <laughs> and we just we just decided when the car broke down one day that we didn't want to pay that repair bill. It was going to cost nearly £2,000 to repair. And we thought, actually, maybe this is the point where we just say, we'll spend that £2,000 on something else. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll go car free and we'll try. And I think initially we just said, we'll try for a year. And actually, if if we do decide in that time that it would be worth either getting another car or you know, repairing that car, whatever, then we can change our minds. But it's been over a year now and... We haven't needed that, you know, we, we've coped fine without it, even once lockdowns are eased and, and we've obviously been doing more stuff, um, going more places. Um, yeah, so I, I suppose <laughs> COVID and the car breaking down and costing a lot of money was the kind of uh, the ignition to actually making that change. But it, it's been over a long period of time. And how old years. were the children at the time when you sold your car? Yeah, they were nine, eight and twins were three. So, um, yeah, that was just over a year ago. And what was their reaction to no longer having a car? I, yeah, I, there wasn't really that much of a strong reaction, I think, because we hadn't used it for so long. You know, obviously, COVID had changed our lives completely in, in many ways. And they hadn't been in it for months on end. <laughs> and so uh, they weren't really kind of, there wasn't really a reaction. Um, it was like, oh, okay, well, it's gone off the drive. I think the biggest thing was the twins used to like, um, like playing driving in the car. So on the drive, I'd let them like sit there and, and you know, brum the, the steering wheel, um, you know, just for like 10 minutes, whatever, if they, if they wanted to play in it. And they missed that. <laughs> Which is which is a ridiculous thing, just to have this thing sat on your drive as a kind of a toy. But yeah, that was probably the most reaction to, oh, we can't do that anymore. And I bet you're doubly glad now that you haven't got your car, now that fuel prices are going through the roof. <laughs> yeah, and I think like, I haven't really looked at fuel prices like a lot for, as I say, a number of years because we weren't really dependent on the car. So even when we did fill it up, it was like for a holiday or going away for the weekend or whatever. And you just kind of took that as part of the the cost of the holiday. But um, yeah, I've been, I I spoke to um, my mum the other day, she was saying that um, my brother had spent nearly £100 on a tank of fuel. And I was like, really? Like, yeah, I I just, I'm so glad I don't have to do that. (laughs) I don't know where I'd find that money. So So how easy is it to get around Birmingham without a car, especially with children? So I think, it depends where you live in Birmingham. So as I say, we we you know we chose this house based on location of various things. And I think for us, it's actually very easy. Um, we live um, very close to the A38 Blue Cycleway, which can help us get into town. It can help us to get to other places in South Birmingham. We live near the 11 bus route. We near, live near bus routes into town, 6163. The X21 will go to my son's secondary school next year. Um Train station, we're halfway between Selly Oak Station and Bourneville Station, which of course can take you either into town and then New Street can take you on further places or out the other way, sort of Bromsgrove Way. Um, and yeah, and then locally, you know, we we have so much within a 15-minute walk. I really like this concept of 15-minute neighbourhood where the, the kind of idea is that you have all your sort of daily life stuff within 15 either fifteen minutes, either walking or cycling. So things like, yeah, if you have kids' schools, nurseries, shops, um, you know, doctor surgeries, um, you know, things like that, all, all the kind of stuff you need in, in, in that sort of daily life. Um, so for us, it's not that hard, but I think it depends where you live. I don't think every location in Birmingham has that 
amount of transport link. So what about going further afield, going on holiday or going for days out? Yeah. So again, as I said, I mentioned trains. We use trains quite a lot. And because we're on the Cross City line, which goes into New Street, there's a lot of connections across the country from New Street. So this weekend, we've just been to London. Obviously, that's easy on the train. Um, My in-laws live down in Devon. So that's on a direct train route from New Street down to Plymouth. Um, So that's really handy. Um, uh, Rural locations are harder. Um, So... What we have found for that is that um, we are members of a car club called Co Wheels. Uh, and actually, we can't all fit in the car. They don't have a seven-seater. But if we combine it, say, with my parents, they can take two of the kids and we can take two of the kids. Or if it's just me on a day out with the four children, I can fit five of us in, in the estate car that there is. So we just pay for it on a day or even hourly basis or a week. So at Easter, we're going away with my parents. So we'll hire that car for a week, um, which is actually really easy um we you know we don't have to have the cost of owning the car to just take it away that's for a, a great idea i think one thing that not having a car makes you do is kind of think what's the best tool for the job for this journey so if it's a like you know walking to school like or get to school okay actually the best tool for that is walking or if it's going to um our church which is like our 20 uh, 30 minute cycle away like that's the best tool for that job or maybe if it's really cold then we get the bus for that journey or you know if we're going uh, yeah, say to my parents, well, actually, the train's really doable for that. And sometimes you took a look at a journey, you go, actually, I can't walk that, I can't cycle that, I can't get the bus, I can't get the train. Oh, we'll hire a car. But it's actually made you think, okay, um, this is the, the car is the best tool for the job in this case, so I'll use the car club. Whereas I think if you have a car on the drive and you've sunk the money into buying that car on the drive, then every trip you do looks like a car trip because you've already kind of paid for yes. that up front. Whereas if uh, the model of a car club, you're paying for it like you would a bus fare or train fare or, or whatever, you're treating it like sort of public transport in that way. Um, a, a bit like a taxi, but you drive it yourself, if that makes sense. So yeah, I think that's one thing that we've really kind of found since not owning one is that you treat every journey as a yeah, I sort of think about what's the best tool to do this job, really. So does that mean you have to be very organised and plan ahead? Um, to some extent, yes. And I think that actually if there were more car clubs, and I'm a massive fan of car clubs, I wish Co-Wheels would expand. I think it would solve a lot of people's um, need to own, even if it would say it could replace their second car, you know, I think that'd be great. So you do need to plan quite far ahead for that, you know, because people will book it up and it is quite popular and I think they need more cars. Um, but Apart from the car club, I'd say I don't. I don't think I'm any particularly more organised than I was before. I, I don't know. Um, I don't think of myself as a massively organised person. I think um, in terms of family life, anyway. I think there's a lot of juggle, and I do think ahead to some extent, but not like weeks ahead. <laughs> uh, I think you know a lot of my brain space is taken up with sorting out four kids every day, and I don't often think, you know, in that moment that far ahead I mean in the holidays a bit more I guess because you know you've got to plan what we're going to do for that time but certainly on it on a Monday to Friday in term time I don't think I'd particularly plan that far in advance. So do you have to rely on the children being well behaved on public transport I know that would be a fear for me. <laughs> yeah and I think I, and I, I think 
I would do more things with our older two than I would with the younger two. I think you ha- I have to kind of think, okay, so how much can the older two cope with and how much can the younger two cope with us? You know, we took the older two to London at the weekend and I had no issue doing that. I knew they'd be absolutely fine. I think I would have found that harder with the twins mm. um, just because of the age difference. And, you know, it, you do have to take entertainment so when we go down to Devon that's three and a half hours on the train um and and the twins do cope with that at age four um I just have to take more entertainment for them um you know pull out this that and the other but but actually at least they can get up and walk around you know we had some horrific journeys back from Devon in the car when they were toddlers because they didn't want to be strapped into a car seat and they were whinging and whining and and yes okay (laughs) we're in a metal box and people can't hear you so you know that that sort of was easier to cope with in some sense but actually they're far less likely to whinge and moan on a train than they were in a car. Um, and I think, I do think that having not not being in that sort of metal box where people can't hear you does make you more vulnerable to to people sort of noticing your your parenting and, and, and your, your children. I think actually the worst experience I've had was walking. So my, uh, my four-year-old, uh, one of my four-year-olds, um, just before Christmas, she was really tired walking back from school and it was like dark, you know, mid-December and she was tired and she was having the usual meltdown, you know, <laughs> everyone knows what it's like with yes. a toddler. And, and uh, we, we weren't far from home, I was desperately trying to get her home and, um, you know, thinking of everything I could coax her this way with and she was just you know screaming and this woman who was crossing the road with her dog had a go at her uh, and said basically like oh you've just frightened my dog and she's telling this to a four-year-old who's having a meltdown and I was like thanks for that that's really not helpful (laughs) and so actually that's probably my worst experience of someone commenting on the behavior and that was just walking down the street that wasn't public transport so you know I think this can happen anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I've not had a bad experience on public transport. I have had a bad experience walking is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you do your grocery shopping? Okay, so even before we didn't have a car, um, we did most of our shopping uh, on foot and bike. So we've tried, as I say, with the location of our house, we've tried to make it so that we can do that. My husband works um, at the university, so not far from where we live. And he comes back from work every day via a shop generally. So little and often. Um, Also, the weekend we'll shop locally. Um, We've never really kind of done that that big shop thing. Um, Since covid we have actually started getting a once a month um, internet delivery just for like the tins and stuff, just because we kind of want, didn't want to be going into a shop quite so often. Um, so we started doing that since COVID. Um, and we still do like, you know, a few times a week to get fresh stuff like fresh fruit and veg, milk, things like that. But our tins and packets we get once a month as an internet order. We could do that on the cargo bike as well. Um, that, that that we could do that. To be honest, that's just more of a time and kind of using our time wisely and, and you know, um, yeah, as I say, not wanting to be in shops more than we need to be. Yeah, that makes sense. So apart from comments from passers-by as you're walking what's been the biggest challenges that you've faced ultimately it's just kind of convincing people that we're not crazy um I think to to, you know in a city that is so dominated by cars and car transport um if you're doing something a bit different you do just have to brave being that that family who are on those bikes or or walking those or, or you know being those people on public transport and like I mean obviously other people do it as well but I think it's you know it, it, you're going against the grain for a lot of people who who live near us um and 
I think the biggest thing that we're contending with at the moment is bike storage. So I don't know. I think this is where you kind of heard about me because I was tweeting about our um, our bike storage issue with the council. So we've been refused planning permission for a small, low height bike store on our driveway, which of course is now empty because we don't have a car. Um, and we were kind of hoping that you know, with them city council being all trying to encourage people to use active and public transport, um, that they would be fine with us uh, sticking a bike store on our driveway. But apparently not. Um, so I can't actually say too much more about it at the moment because we've just submitted an appeal um, with the help of a very nice law firm. Um, and yes, yeah, so I can't really say that much more on that. But it is frustrating mm, that you know, the council who is actively promoting <laughs> active travel and we are literally that family who has got rid of our car which is what they want people to do who has an empty piece of land that we own in front of our house and yet they won't let us put bikes on so I think that's probably the the biggest challenge in terms of the sort of everyday stuff um and obviously you know we want somewhere secure to store our bikes you, you can't just leave a bike on your drive in the same way as you can a car you've got to have something to lock it to and and not trip over it in your hallway and have kids pulling it over of and course, stuff so, yeah. yes so what have been the biggest benefits from going car free primarily i, I actually feel it i kind of, I, feel, I feel it's really liberating a real sort of sense of freedom that we don't have to worry about the admin of the car we don't have to worry about repairs we don't have to worry about the cost of it um the, the the money saving. I mean, ultimately, that's why we didn't want to be dependent on a car. I mean, yes, it's nice to say that or we do it for environmental reasons. And that, of course, is part of it. But we just have never had the budget to have a really new, reliable car. Um, and we've always owned secondhand ones that haven't been that reliable. And we didn't want to be dependent on those. So to now not even have that worry of is this going to start or is the battery going to go dead or, or whatever it's it's just great um and i think we the the sort of active travel uh that we do has always been important to us as well so neither me nor my husband or actually any of our kids now are particularly sporty I've never really been into like organized sports or sort of doing doing sports stuff so I think just to have everyday activities as our exercise so walking places cycling places um just really helps you know keep us fit and active without even really thinking about it and I think that is something that we've kind of lost with this the the sort of car domination that's come since the well since the second world war since the 60s um and for us I feel that's that's really helpful that we can just build that into our into our everyday lives uh and then obviously the benefits of we're not causing pollution which at the moment you know today it's really high again in Birmingham it was yesterday um and when you can literally taste the pollution around school um it just I try not to think about it too much um but it's yeah it that does worry me for my children's health so just to know that we're not kind of adding to that and obviously the threat of climate change which is again a huge thing that I try not to think about too much but um yeah, it's it's just nice to know that we're sort of contributing in a small way, very small way. I'm sure everyone else, you know, has their own small ways of contributing. Absolutely. Um, so how much money do you think you've saved? Yeah, so I was asking my husband this because he's the, he's the guy with the spreadsheet. So the, <laughs> <laughs> he's, he reckons for 2021, we saved about 1000 to £1,500 uh, compared to our, uh, what our old car was costing us. And as I say, we never had, you know, a huge budget. We were spending, well, our old car was costing us about £250 a month for over the year. Obviously, it wasn't always £250 a month, but in terms of the, the insurance, the MOT, the repairs, the petrol, the um, everything else that goes with the car. 
So obviously we did spend more money on things like buses and trains, but overall we, we yeah, saved about one, one and a half thousand. Yes, that's really good, isn't it? Especially when you consider it's not actually that cheap to buy train tickets. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. And I think public transport could be made uh, a lot cheaper, definitely. Uh, we have a family rail card, which helps. Um, but um, yeah, I think local trains aren't too bad. I think they're fairly competitive against against the bus, for example. But certainly, yeah, longer distance uh, trains. We're quite lucky with my parents living in Coventry, actually, because um, you can get like a day tripper, family day tripper. If we go to their house just for a day, it's £12 for all six of us. And we can use any bus, train, tram in the West Midlands for that. But that's really lucky that, Coventry is politically in the West Midlands. Um, normally, you can't travel that distance on a train for £12 for six mm. people. Um, yeah, so it just depends where you're going, I think. Um, and yeah, what, what tickets you can get for that. Really. And does it help that you work from home? Tell me a bit about your business. Yeah, so so actually, I, I do actually work outside the home as well. So I'm a cycling instructor part-time as well. So I go around different schools for that. So obviously, I'm cycling around for that. So that part of my job... Um, isn't at home and I do cycle around um but I do think yeah obviously working at home is is helpful just from a kind of commute time point of view I think that's the case for anyone my husband works two days at home now and three in the office and again obviously he finds it's it's good to not have to have that commute although again you lose your exercise then so uh, you know I quite like the exercise um uh, yeah, so my business, I, I my at-home work is uh, sewing. So I sew things like reusable items, so reusable nappies and uh, other baby items. Uh, yeah, pads, bags, um, all washable to, you know, from an environmental perspective. And uh, also baby carrying accessories. So I got into um, baby wearing my twins particularly. Um, and I sell kind of accessories for that. The most popular one that always people think of when they think of my business is uh the stay on booties so booties that stay on in the sling oh, that's so uh, which is a good idea customers ask me like I know a few customers ask me like Ruth please can you design so I, I designed from scratch this design where it's, it's only a bit of elastic inside it's not rocket science but um yeah they've been really really popular and uh still to this day I get I get a lot of orders for those so uh yeah I enjoy doing it I like the creativity and uh there are definite benefits to working from home um you know I set up the business because I wanted to be at home with my kids I used to work in academic research which was great and I loved it from uh you know from from the um from the point of view of the work but I found it really hard to juggle with a young family I had two under three with my older two when um I left work just because it would have cost me more in childcare to stay um working in academic research than and that was a you know fairly high level postgraduate post postdoctoral research um so I decided to take some time out and then set up the business because I still wanted to have some income and also just some kind of something for me something to do that wasn't just being a mum and I, I really love being a mum I really love being a stay-at-home mum and it's been really good to to um yeah to have some work that fits around and it's always just fitted around the kids um really easily you know if I have more time one week I spend more time if I have less time another week I spend less time and uh, on the work and that's that's fine. great to be able to juggle it like yeah. that so how important is it for you that the children are, are environmentally aware and conscious of their actions yeah, I mean, obviously we think it's important, uh, you know, it's, it's a big part of what we talk about in, in family life. But I, I actually think our kids and, and perhaps others and beyond are actually, I think they are quite savvy on environmental issues. I think it's something that is talked about more than when I was a child, for example. I don't really ever remember 
talking about environmental issues. Um, whereas, you know, my kids will talk will talk about it um, you know, quite freely. And and obviously some of that probably is influenced from from what we're saying at home, just the dinner time chats and stuff. But um yeah, I, I think it's important for them. And certainly my eldest is is very into you know, stating his opinions on <laughs> on climate and and uh, pollution and and things like that. Yeah. What other things do you do to try to care for the planet? Um. So uh, I'm a vegetarian. I have been for years. I can't really claim that was just an environmental thing. I've never liked meat, but certainly since um since I've become aware of that being uh you know uh, a way to to help the environment, I've definitely lowered my dairy. I'm I'm not vegan, but um I yeah try and live as as much plant-based as I can. Uh, the kids certainly aren't. They they really love their cheese and milk still. So <laughs> I, I'm not going to get them off that anytime soon. But we, we cook vegetarian at home. They will eat meat if they're out and they have the opportunity. Um, but we only eat veggie at home. Uh, we also try and buy as much secondhand stuff as possible, again, from a cost point of view, but also just because, you know, try and think about what we're consuming. I think a friend of mine recently put it as like conscious consumerism, just kind of thinking about purchases and thinking like, okay, do I really need that? If I do need it, where could I get it? Like, yeah, secondhand or recycled or, um, yeah, so things like clothes will, yeah, me and my husband haven't bought new clothes for a long time. It's just, yeah, secondhand where we can and hand-me-downs for the kids, you know, friends, clothes swaps, um, Obviously, it helps having four kids because they can get passed down yes. for children if they last that long. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and just and like electronics as well, buying things like secondhand phones, secondhand computers. Um, we try and be as low plastic as possible, although I think that is quite expensive. Um, so we're lucky to live near the Clean Kilo, so we try and get some items from there. Um, we can't get everything from there. It'd be too much to buy all our like pasta and rice, but things like uh, pulses, herbs and spices uh, are usually kind of competitive to a supermarket on that. Um, yeah, just, just try and, and yeah, be as low plastic as possible. That's great. And would you ever go back to running and owning a car again, do you think? So we, as I said before, like it, it was a bit of a, we saw it as a bit of a trial and we kind of thought, well, maybe we would in the future. At this moment in time, I can't envisage us doing it. I just think our circumstances at the moment, I don't see why we need it. If we had a change in circumstances, for whatever reason, I wouldn't rule it out. Um, you know, and I think if in future you know, um, the price of electric cars comes down and they start having secondhand ones. And if we felt we needed it, then there, there may there may be a chance of that. But I just don't see at the moment why why we would. But at the moment, the, the you know, the benefits of not owning one definitely outweigh the disadvantages. Great. Well, we have a series of questions that we ask all of our guests. So I'm going to ask them of you now, if that's okay. Okay. So what would be the two things you would tell your 18-year-old self if you had the chance? I think the first one would be there's more to life than work. So I was a bit of a workaholic at school and university. Um, whereas I think since I've had kids, I've learned that actually there's more to life. And although, you know, I do still work hard on my business, I think I've learned to sort of have that juggle between life and work a bit more. So that's the first thing. Uh, and I think the second thing is don't be afraid to be different. Um, I've definitely learned, obviously, that what we've been talking about today, that I, I, I am different I am choosing differently to a lot of people who are in my circumstances and or similar and I don't think my 18 year old self would have been brave enough to do that I think I cared much more about what people thought I should be doing um and yeah I think I'm yeah I'm, I, yeah 
don't be afraid to be different. <laughs> and what are the three things you love to do every day? What gives you a great routine start and end to the day? I think the main thing for me is always getting out of the house into the fresh air. And whether that, I mean, in everyday life, that tends to come naturally just because we do walk and cycle in everyday life. But even on days where, you know, if we don't have the same routine of school or whatever, um, just to get out, walk, cycle in the fresh air, I, I always need that. I can't stay at home all day unless I'm severely ill. Um, and I think also the routine of always eating and drinking like proper meals. I think it's really important to us as a family to have as much family meal time as possible. So we always have like dinner together. Um, you know, I, I sit and have lunch with the kids if they're around um, or at school. Um, so I think that's really important. I do enjoy that, that eating and drinking. <laughs> um, and I think having four kids, it's quite hard, but just trying to spend a little bit of time each day one-on-one even if it's just a few minutes and actually now the older two are a bit older it's easier so for example on Thursdays I'll walk my eldest child to scouts and having that time even though it's like a 15 minute walk whatever just to have that time with him um so yeah try and just spend a little bit of of one-to-one which is hard um and morning yeah so morning I I can't not have breakfast so just really making sure that sets me up for the day uh definitely have to have <laughs> coffee and uh yeah a good breakfast before we leave and uh end of the day yeah I think it's always important to spend time with my husband so that tends to be when we have that time together just that last thing and our eldest doesn't go to bed until sort of at the same time as us now really but just to have make sure I have that time carved out yeah, that's really important. I love that with, with with such a big family as well that you carve out time, individual time. It's, it is, does make a difference, doesn't it? Yeah. So what advice would you give to someone thinking of going car-free? Um, I think take it slowly, one step at a time. As I've said, you know, this wasn't something that we just did overnight. I think it requires a lot of planning, a lot of thinking about lifestyle choices, what you need or don't need to do. Um, I think work out, say, the easiest journeys first and think, okay, so what, which journeys could I do differently? Work on those first. Then maybe the slightly harder ones, take them next. Um, And I think, you know, it doesn't have to be, like black or white, as I say, we, you know, we still use cars, we still use hire cars. I'm, I'm not anti-car. Um, you know, I think they're a really important tool. So it's not like it has to be all or nothing. I think it's just about thinking for each journey, okay, what's the best tool for the job? Could I do this, this particular journey by walking, cycling, public transport, whatever that might be for you? And I think, as I said, like lifestyle choices. So like, you know, we've always planned to like only do things that are within our sort of reach and you know so with kids like planning uh, I don't know things like activities and and stuff we'll always look for stuff that's closest to home um rather than thinking oh yeah there's that really great club over you know other side of town or whatever I think you do just have to make some choices and really kind of think about what you need and don't need to do what is necessary what is absolutely necessary and what isn't um and obviously our kids still do lots of stuff I'm not saying we deprive them of that but I think it's just kind of thinking like how best to to fit everyone's needs in around yeah how how to get there if that makes sense just just take it slowly yeah looking at what's practical yeah absolutely 
Yeah. And that'll be different for everyone. I, you know, I can't tell people <laughs> what was going to work for them because they're not me. Um, but yeah, just sort of stake it, take it one step at a time. Oh, that's brilliant advice. Thank you so much, Ruth. It's been great to talk to you today. You can discover more of Ruth's tips on our Brummie Mummies Facebook page and on the Birmingham Live website. And find out more on her blog, mixedbagofallsorts.co.uk. This is a laudable production brought to you by Brummie Mummies and Birmingham Live. Be sure to follow our Brummie Mummies Facebook page for lots more family information. And whilst there, sign up for our free newsletter to make sure you never miss an episode. See you next time. Today's episode of Brummy Mummies has been powered by Talk Talk's Future Fibre, which is up to 23 times faster than standard broadband, proving that some things are better faster. Future Fibre is now available in Birmingham. To find out more, search Talk Talk Future Fibre. Subject to local availability.